there's all these articles about like how to get your significant other to do adventurous things with you like don't do these things and he sent it to me he's like i've done all of these things but i promise i will not do any of them to you this time around hey what's up this is kat welcome to the joyride Hello out there, wherever in the world you might be listening from, welcome to The Joyride, a podcast which is a total celebration of women who ride bikes in any way, shape, or form. My name is Kat Caparello, and I am, I, am, I am just in love with riding bikes. I just love all the different varieties of them. I love how it makes me feel, and I really love helping to break down barriers to encourage more everyday women to try on riding bikes. That's because I believe in the transformative power of the bike in our personal lives, in our communities, and in the world at large. I've witnessed it in my own life, and like I said, you can read more about that at my blog, which is called Girl Eats Bike. That's girl, like uh, women. Um, Eats, as in nom nom nom, that tastes delicious. And bike, as in, well, you know, bicycles. Anywho, it is launch week here at the Joyride. That means we are posting one show every day this week to turn your cranks, to get you rolling, to ring your bell. Um, After that, we will be sharing one new conversation every week with another gal who rides bikes in some form or fashion. Since it is launch week, I would love for you to subscribe, to leave a rating for the podcast in iTunes, to write a review in iTunes. All that stuff helps to get the Joyride listed on the iTunes new and noteworthy list, which would help even more women find the bike love. And, you know, it'd mean a bunch. It would also be pretty sweet if you can't do any of that stuff, even if you just shared the show with just one woman who you feel like should give it a listen. Either way, I'm honored for your time and for your attention, And I am so excited for you to join me on this journey, wherever in the world it might take us. It's like we're just going on a big adventure. Yeah. On this, the fifth episode of The Joyride, we chat with Ella Dorband from deep in the heart of the Seattle Art Museum about her commuting, about her first time bike camping, and about the strangest bike accident story you've ever heard. If you want to follow along at home, you'll find the links that we discuss at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 005. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. What do you say? Oh, one quick note. Um, there's a little bit of salty language in this, in this particular episode. Um, so if you've got little ones around, you may want to use earbuds or something. Consider yourself warned. So welcome Ella Dorband to the Joyride podcast, which I'm so excited uh, to talk with you today because I've been checking out some of your photos on the social media and it looks like you get to do a lot of riding. I do. Yeah. I uh, commute to work by bike every day, but it's not just riding into work. It's how I get around the city. I'm a non-driver and I don't love taking the bus. So if I'm going somewhere, it's on my bike. Right. So what, um, where are you located? Where in the world are you? I'm in Seattle. I uh, work downtown at the Seattle Art Museum, which is where I'm at right now. And then I live in um, a neighborhood called Beacon Hill. It's right on the edge of another neighborhood called Georgetown, which is a little bit better known. Um, 
and that's about a five and a half mile ride from my job. So that's like a one way. So you're doing about like 10, 11 miles and that's not mm -hmm. including, you know, regular utility grocery right. store trips and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So is that where you're from? Like, did you learn how to ride a bike in Seattle or? No, definitely not. And riding in Seattle was a big thing when I started doing it for me. I uh, grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and I just kind of did your normal teenage riding, you know, younger and then quit when I was a teenager because no one else was riding bikes and there wasn't anywhere to go where I lived and I wasn't really going to do any mountain biker racing because I didn't even know about it really. Um, so I started riding again as an adult when I was living in Philadelphia. Um, both times I started riding regularly is because of um, public transit <laughs> issues. So in Philly, I started bike commuting all the way across the city uh, because the SEPTA, yeah, the train stop right by where I lived, they closed it down for two years to do renovations. And so I had no way to get to my job other than to ride a bike. So I started doing it that way. When I moved out to Seattle for grad school, um, I quit riding because I found the hills super intimidating out here. Philly was so flat. I didn't have any trouble riding through traffic and things like that, but I really hated the hills. Um, then when I moved down to near where my current place is, I realized that the bus system down there was way worse than other neighborhoods I'd lived in. Uh, and I didn't have an option to walk, which I had before. And so I decided to start riding again. And um, after I got used to it, which only took a couple months really, um, I really fell in love with getting around by bike and it just feels like I get so much independence that way. So it was great. And I was, um, I was dating a guy at that time who was a big rider. And so we got to go together and, um, he helped me work on my bike and I learned better how to take care of it myself. And that really helped things as well. As a, um, an East coast to Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest transplant, yeah. I can definitely appreciate flat not mm -hmm. flat. It's, it's, yep. It is definitely a <laughs> And I've got a couple world. big hills too. So yeah, Seattle is, um, I'm here in Portland and we've, we've yeah. got a few, we've got a few big ones, but I mm -hmm. haven't ridden in Seattle, but I've been there to visit and it's like, Oh, this is pretty serious. It's like San Francisco. Yeah, you've got to have a, a route laid out in your head, depending on where you're going. You got to know the tricks to get there. I love riding in Portland. It feels a lot easier. <laughs> so, um, I'm not going to get into like a Portland, Seattle thing for sure. Cause I'm not equipped for that. But, um, so, so growing up in Columbus, um, mm -hmm. do you remember learning how to ride a bike? Man, I don't really remember learning. I do remember going to my grandparents' house, which was in Chicago and I have a bunch of cousins and there was one giant box and I was like, Oh my God, I hope I get the giant box. And it totally was mine. It was me getting my first bike. Oh, that's fun. So I do remember my like first, and I don't remember if it had training wheels on it then, but it was one where you took the, definitely could ride it without the training wheels. And so that was my like first bike. My goodness. That's like, it the, was pretty cool. Um, anything else? Like, can you remember? So did you learn how to ride with, um, with your cousins or can you remind remember no i think my dad taught me i have two older siblings and like we didn't live in chicago so right after i got the bike then went back because it was christmas in chicago you can't ride your bike um so i went back to columbus and i think my dad probably taught me i'm not sure he's definitely of my family members the one i can think of like having a bike and riding it but no one really did it was just kind of a rite of passage rather than a part of life and then when you got to a point where you could drive, that was like pretty much. I, I've never driven. You've never I driven. I have my license, but I don't drive. I've like driven like maybe five or six times in my life. 
because you said you were you said that you wrote as a teenager and then pretty much like stopped yeah and that was just there was no reason to ride like I couldn't get to anything no one else was riding bikes so right so tell me um when you picked it up again how did you find your first bike after that after you yeah you were in Philly I was in Philly I was living in West Philly and working in um in um like all the way down on first so all the way across the city if you know Philly at all and uh I just went to this like shitty like anarcho-punk bike store and um was like I need something really cheap to get me across and I got this like really adorable I don't remember what kind of bike it was I wish I could it's like powder blue with friction shifters and it was like 150 bucks and did what I needed it to and I loved it and um I didn't stop riding it until parts of it got stolen basically because it was Philly so um thanks to SEPTA yeah, thanks, thanks to SEPTA. So, um, a little bit about encountering hills. Yeah. So, I know that you work on route planning, mm-hmm. depending on like where you're going. Um, what other what other thoughts do you have? Like, how do you deal? Because I find that when I'm talking to women, especially who don't ride bikes but would like to, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's hills and inclines that are the right. the mental block. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Totally. So um, I'll take into consideration terrain, definitely, and then time of day. There are some routes that are hilly, but they're less cars. Or there's some routes that have a lot of traffic, but it's pretty straightforward. Or there's a bike lane or something like that. Um, I'll definitely choose a route that I prefer to ride, even if it's longer. But I'm mostly a pretty straightforward rider. Like, here's the best route. I'm just going to take that. Um, and then I have a single speed that I love and then, um, two geared bikes. There's not a good reason that I have three bikes, but I do. Um, and so I'll choose my bike depending on what kind of ride I'm anticipating too. Like my single speed is the one I feel the most comfortable on. I really just feel like me and that bike gelled, but I'll take one of my geared bikes if I know I'm going to be hitting a lot more hills. Any, um, tricks or tips or like head games that you were playing with yourself to kind of get yourself to a place where you felt more comfortable? Um, I, if I'm really anxious about a route, I will ride it on an off day. So on like a Sunday morning, um, or when I know I'm not going to anything so that I get, um, a feel for the route. I definitely do that a lot. I did that when I started commuting. So do you do any riding, um, because you're doing a lot of transportation and utility, do you mm-hmm. do any kind of like other recreation or fitness riding or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. I actually went bike camping for the first time this past weekend. So yes. Really cool. Yes. Um, I would give you a high five if I could. High five. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I've actually never gone camping before in my life, which is so strange living in the Northwest and admitting to that. Um, but me and the guy I'm dating, I was like, I really want to do this. I've been talking about doing it for ages. Like, let's just go. And he's like, okay, there's tons of thunderstorms coming in. And I was like, nope, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> cause between the two of us, we had all the gear. And cause I have all of this commuter clothing for riding in the rain. I knew like I could take care of myself and I knew he could take care of the campsite side. And so we went and did that and it totally downpoured except for when we were on our bikes and setting up our tent. So it worked out really well. So I got that under my belt now. Um, I also just go on rides for fun too. Sometimes like a fast ride, 
which is not that fast, but <laughs> just for fun going out along a trail or something. Um, but mostly I like to get on my bike and just kind of kick around the city and like stop at different places I love on a sunny day on weekend. I'll definitely be doing that. Um, so I definitely want to talk to you a little bit about bike camping. Sure. I also went bike camping this past weekend. Nice. Um, I'm going to be co-hosting a ride with uh, an organization here in Portland in mm-hmm. a few weeks. So we did a pre-ride yep. to shake cool. out the cue sheet and do all that yep. stuff. So tell me a little bit about what that was like. We encountered a lot of rain too, by the way. So I <laughs> yeah. feel you there. It was, um, definitely other than the weather, the easiest way possible. Like we rode out, it was only, I mean, I think probably seven miles total. So barely longer than my one way daily commute. And um, it was riding a route I'd actually already ridden. I just had never stopped at this park before, so I knew what to expect. It was quite hilly, but um, I knew there wouldn't be a ton of traffic. And um, the, uh, it's like, there was no surprises, which um, in a circumstance like this, I appreciate not having a ton of surprises. Uh, so that worked out really well. Um, and then looking, it was really cool. My good friend had been in town visiting who works for um, Adventure Cycling Association. And she uh, used to live here in Seattle. And we're like, she's known me over the course of me starting to ride more and more in Seattle. And so when I told her what I was doing, like I got all these amazing, like supportive text messages from her, which were super cute. And um, my boyfriend was just like really supportive. He's a huge rider and he, um, had learned from previous instances of going out with people he had dated and being like kind of, I can't remember the term he described, but kind of a jerk about it. And like, there's all these articles about like how to get your significant other to do adventurous things with you. Like, don't do these things. And he sent it to me. He's like, I've done all of these things, but I promise I will not do any of them to you this time around. Uh, so having a really supportive partner to go with, like no matter who that person is to you as a relationship, but having someone to go with who's really experienced, I thought was super helpful. Uh, so I had support on the ground, but then also just emotional support from my friends, which is cool. So how did that, how did that feel to be able to just get out totally on the bike, supported it, camp, yeah. all that stuff? It was pretty cool. Um, I definitely want to do it again soon. Uh, I love the idea that I don't have to rely on a car to get outside of the city and do something. I'm, I'm a total urban person, but occasionally I do like to get out and it's really nice to have this option. And I had said to my good friend, like, if we don't go this weekend, uh, next week, I'm, I'm just stealing your shit and riding out and doing it myself alone. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of talking about it and having not done it. So how much do you, um, how much gear did you have to carry since you were sharing a camp? So, um, he, none of, neither of us on this particular, on the bikes we were using had racks or panniers. So he borrowed a trailer and loaded that up. And then I had on my bike commute bag, which is huge. Um, and was carrying a bunch of gear in there. I'd say probably like 35 pounds or so on my back, um, which was like not the worst thing in the world. It wasn't a long ride, like yeah, I said. Seven so miles. It was, um, I was carrying like all of our electronics and um, some of the food stuff and basically things we didn't want to get wet because my bag is a complete dry bag when it's closed up. So um, given your experience with commuting and with your utility cycling like what do you carry with you all the time like Uh, yeah what's an every ride carry for you so um 
I have like two bags that I carry with me. And one of them is my, my bike stuff, and I've got basic bike tool, tire levers, um, a simple shell in case it starts to rain and I don't happen to have something with me, uh, a patch kit. Don't carry a uh, pump, which I should, but whatever. So that always comes with me. And then I have another bag that, um, because I bike commute and because I go to the gym regularly, it has all of my, like, toiletries in it so it's kind of the same things a lot of people would carry when they travel it's got basic makeup deodorant toothbrush um like baby wipe kind of stuff face face wash things like that so that's bike slash gym needs so have you like what's your level of comfort i know you had some some hands-on experience with someone showing you some mechanics and yeah um have you had to change your flat on the side of the road or Anything oh yeah, I've not. I've helped with flats on the side of the road, never alone. Changed tons of flats at my house. Um, I got white tires, and they're just man, they don't resist anything. Uh, and then I've done. I've changed changed out my brakes completely. Like put on new bars and new brakes and everything with that, um, which was kind of an experience. I've worked on my derailleurs a little bit, but that never ends up perfect. So I'm kind of. I would hesitate to call that a skill of mine uh, and just kind of general maintenance and checking up on things. Um, the brakes was probably my biggest project that I've worked on changing out the handlebars and all that. Yeah. That seems like a lot with, because yeah. you have to change out the cables and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did all of that. It was pretty cool. You can't take them out of the housing and put them like you got to just change that whole thing. It's that and the derailers are pretty intimidating for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. Derailers, I can like adjust now, but I don't do too much on it. Um, so you do? Do you prefer to ride alone, or do you like riding with groups? Um, I will ride with a couple people, but I prefer riding alone. I think it's just because what I'm used to. Uh, I've done a couple group rides, um, and I'm gonna be actually hosting. I'm I'm gonna be not the ride leader, but I'm giving the talk because we're going to do a public art ride, um, the Cascade Bike Club. I'm good friends with the person who manages their volunteers. So she gave me a call and one of their volunteer benefits, um, volunteer appreciation things is going to be a public art bike ride in Seattle. So I'm going to be uh, talking to people about public art. Is that going to be the first time that you're that you're leading a ride or co-hosting a ride? I did one once before over last summer, um, which was a different public art bike ride, one where I was doing more of the herding of people and someone else was giving the tour. And that's what inspired this one. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what is your, your biggest pain point while riding? Mm. No, this could, this could be a physical pain point. This could yeah. be whatever it brings up for you. Um, I get really pissed at drivers. Like I've got a pretty short temper when it comes to that. And then it's actually off the bike, like talking to other people and they're like, Oh, but bikes do so many weird things. And like, Oh, but it's so inconvenient. And I don't like, I shouldn't have to look right before making a turn. And I'm just, I don't fucking care. I do not give a fuck. Like I do not feel bad for you in your tin can going 40 miles per hour in a 20 mile per hour zone. And you wait one time. Like, I don't care. Um, I try and be a bit more diplomatic than that. Winning hearts and minds. <laughs> I know. What I, was that? You got to win hearts and minds sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's definitely 
my biggest frustration is like shitty drivers and people who think that um that everybody owes cars deference so that said like how do you rate your how safe you feel on the bike and by safe i mean like in traffic and also personal Mm. safety yeah i i mean i think i feel really safe um but that's because i trust myself uh and basically every time i've not ridden my bike and i've chosen to take public transit or to do something else instead like i've regretted that for one reason or another and so my favorite option is always riding Any, any like weird stuff that you've encountered with, um, you know, with whatever that might mean for you? Uh, I had one the other day that actually did scare me. Um, and it was pretty intense. It was, uh, in the evening and I was riding in my neighborhood, but from one end to the other, I live on the South end of Beacon Hill. Guy I'm dating is living on the North end. And, um, I was riding down my normal route. It's like literally part of my commute. So I ride it every day. Um, and it's this kind of funny intersection where the way Seattle has done their bike designated route, um, it turns at a red light, there's a bike lane, but then when you go through the red light, it turns immediately into a sharrow and collapses you on top of the cars. And I know this because I ride it all the time. So I was in the, the car lane going straight and it's a major intersection and there was no one behind me for a while, but I stopped at the red light and someone pulled up behind me and I started going and I'm in the center and they get super pissed and are on my ass and they speed around me, passing me. And I'm just like, fuck you, asshole, like learn to drive. And then he stops and kind of pulls over. Like, so I can't go past him without getting up on the curb. And he rolls down his window and I start yelling at him. I was like, you don't know what you're doing. Like I had the right of way. It's totally unsafe what you did. And it's a middle-aged dude and his like tween daughter is sitting in the passenger seat. So I'm yelling at him over her. So I'm like trying to be, I'm angry and upset and I'm scared because he just did something really crazy, but I'm trying to like be a bit more tame than normal. And I'm definitely trying not to cuss and like what you did is wrong. What I was doing is keeping myself safe. Like what you were doing is unsafe. Like you can't do things like that. And he just stops and he looks at me and he goes, you shouldn't assume anybody cares if you live and then like sped off. And I was like, (sighs) well, first off, that's scary. And second off, like you just said that in front of your extremely impressionable daughter. And I bet that chick really wants to know how to ride a bike, like whether or not she's going to bike commute through the city or whatever. Like that's the age when you still want to know how to ride a bike. And like, what the fuck did you just say to her? Right. And I was so pissed. So pissed. I'm still mad. That happened a couple weeks ago. Just like, ugh. And every time someone does something really shitty to me, I wonder if, like, in their head, they're, like, saying the same thing that dude said to me. Like, no one cares if you die. Actually, some people do. You just don't. But, like, 20 seconds you had to wait for me to get off that light mattered that much to you? So, anyway, that's that. Ever since that accident, I've literally stopped giving a fuck if drivers are pissed at me. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Um, It's just so weird. Is Seattle experiencing the same kind of population growth 
that I mean that we're having here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you guys are looking like percentage or numbers wise, but population growth in Seattle is just astronomical right now. It's really changing the um, the needs of the city and the way things are working with moving people and housing people. And there's just a lot of stress on the system right now. How do you feel like that's, I mean, I know you just alluded to that with the infrastructure, but how do you think that that mentality is, is impacting the community as a whole? Um, there's a lot of these new buildings, like they're including parking. And so there's a lot more drivers, I feel like. Um, and hopefully when the light rail opens up, which is this month, we're going to see some of that decrease because um, we're having better ways to move people through the city. But the there's just more people around. Um, and up until recently, our public transit wasn't funded well enough to move them. And so people would opt to drive or opt to do whatever because they couldn't, they didn't feel like they could get where they wanted to go um, by public transit. And they, one reason or another, wouldn't bike or walk or couldn't. Uh, and so I'm hoping that it gets better. The city is really working towards decreasing driving alone, like standalone driving specifically, but the population is just huge. And we are so, as a city, and I think this leads to a lot of altercations that I've seen as a rider and as a pedestrian, is um, the city is constrained by arterial, arterial routes in that um, the waterways, the bridges, uh, the hills mean that everybody has to go down these few routes. And so my way that I get somewhere, I literally can't take another way. And that car feels the same way. And those pedestrians feel the same way. And that bus feels the same way. The bus has to. And so everyone gets like squeezed onto these few roads and the capacity that they have is pretty limited. Do you think that there's also just not a respect for the active transportation culture that is prevalent up here? I think that people who are new here don't understand it quite yet. And that if someone is biking or walking or taking the bus, that it's a larger decision than just economic. Like you can't assume that person's poor just because they're not in a car. Um, other parts of this of the country, I feel like that is the assumption. It certainly was in Ohio uh, when I was growing up. Though I didn't live in the city exactly, I lived in the suburbs. But I, I think that people who are here longer or sometimes move here because they like that get it, but not everyone does. What do you think? Do you think that there are like, like is there anything that can be done in that way to help to, I don't want to use the term again, build bridges, but it fits. Um, I, I think that making safer routes just means that more people will ride, even if they don't like commute to get to work. They'll use it as a way of moving around the city for other reasons. And that even if they do it a couple times, they'll help understand how all these different modes of transportation can fit together. Um, when I was living in Philly, I was talking to this bike messenger chick who was total badass. Um, she's like, whenever I drive, I hate bikers and I hate pedestrians. Whenever I'm a pedestrian, I hate bikers and I hate cars. Whenever I'm a biker, I hate pedestrians and I hate cars. And I really, like, that's always stuck home for me because you really do get this animosity towards whatever form of transportation you're not. 
And the more people switch between all of these, I think the more empathy people will have towards them. And I definitely remember, like, sometimes in the car, I'm like, God, this biker's so stupid. What are they doing? And I'm not even the one driving. I'm just watching them. But, like, you got to remember that the decisions that this one form of transportation is taking, like, sometimes they need to be doing that one. And that's just hard to remember. I still don't have a ton of empathy for it. But I think it helps create empathy when you do all the different types. Yeah, I think that that's, that that's a great point. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that I've that I've been thinking of here, because we encountered this when we were coming back Sunday night. We had a much mm-hmm. longer, much longer ride, but we yeah, were on the yeah. final, um, the final like four miles. We were kind mm-hmm. of coming up a main, a main uh, roadway here. Yeah. And it, it's an area that has been obviously gentrified, but it's an area mm-hmm. that's been really excessively built up. And even in my short time here in the city, yeah. I can see the changes there. Right. And it's, um, there's a guy in a truck going to parallel park and another guy who is behind him waiting mm-hmm. and we were riding up and, um, fully loaded yeah. and one honks at the other one. And it's, it's really jarring and, mm-hmm. and startling, but it's like, how long did you have to wait for that guy to parallel park? Right. Like I moved from the East coast to the West coast mm-hmm. for a change of lifestyle in general including getting out of Metro New York energy, getting out of, I'm from New Jersey. So getting out of Philly, DC, New York, getting out of all that stuff yep. and to watch folks kind of come in and not be able to just chill out and wait 30 seconds while somebody parks is like, that's not what this is about. <laughs> and I think it's yeah. really, I think that it's, that it has a big am- impact on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that like the more, I mean, literally, the more weight you have behind the thing that you're doing, the more responsibility you have. So whenever I'm a bike rider, like, I definitely feel I have a lot more responsibility towards safe, towards being safe than pedestrians do. Um, I've been sent to the ER once because of a bicycle accident, but I was the pedestrian who was hit by a bicyclist. Um, and so, like, I know that those crashes can be really serious. And I think that it's, like, the scale, right? Like, when you're a pedestrian... You are this, like, soft little body that's moving pretty slow and super vulnerable. And when you're a bike, you're a soft little body that's moving a lot faster. And then when you're a car, you're this big, hard body that can be moving super fast. And so there's different levels of responsibility. And um, the way you have to look out for other people moving around the city. Like, you have more responsibility the more protected you are and the more damage you could do. So, um you know, not to, not to dwell too much on the safety thing, but Mm -hmm. I I do think it's a major concern for people who don't ride, but that, but then again, dwelling on the safety thing makes it, you know, makes it feel like a big barrier. Um, so what would you, what would you want new riders to know? Um, I like telling my anecdote, like the only time I've been to the ER because of a bicycle is when I was hit by one. So like you can get hurt doing anything. And you will get hurt doing just about everything at some point. Um, but the at least give riding a good try and see if it works for you. And, like, take it slow and be okay with sometimes you don't ride, sometimes you do other things. But start mixing it in and see um, how they'll feel about it. And the route planning and, like, the trying a route in advance of when they need to be somewhere will just really relieve the stress of trying to make a bike commute work in um, – in like a deadline, not like a deadline situation, but when you have to be somewhere rather than just going for fun. Yeah. The stress, the added, the added stress there. Right. So do you want to, um, can you share that story of when, 
of when you were a pedestrian who got hit? Oh, it is just ridiculous. Um, I was in Seattle. I was in a neighborhood called Ballard and a very residential area, super wide sidewalk on an arterial street. And I was waiting for the bus. I actually had my headphones in and was reading. I was just standing right there. And there was um, uh, like a young family. So like guy, wife, they're two kids. And all of a sudden I'm just like on the ground. And um, I'm on the ground, there's a bike on top of me and there's a dude on top of the bike. And um, it was a racing bike. He was in full spandex. red, red, white, and black, as I recall. And I was still pretty fresh from Philly. And so I start just screaming at this dude because that's my first reaction. And, um, he picked, he picks himself up and he picks his bike up off of me and he rides away. And I'm like, and I'm bleeding. Like I am thoroughly bleeding. I, everyone was worried I was concussed because I hit my head, but I actually hit my hand first and then my head into my hand, thankfully. Um, and like all my shit went flying. It was very dramatic because he was coming downhill. So you were on, were you on the sidewalk? You, you yeah. said you were waiting he for the bus. He was riding on the side. Okay. Huge thorn in my side. I yeah. hate it when people regularly ride Especially on the sidewalk. Especially if you're like in a racing kit, you should be on the sidewalk. That seems pretty appropriate. So, um, the woman who witnessed this, who was also waiting at the bus stop, I looked at her and I go, he was a fucking amputee. The guy had on one fake leg. And she goes, yeah, I think that's why he, I think he lost control because he was riding with his new fake leg. <laughs> like, what is that? So he rode off. I knew I wasn't concussed, but I was bleeding heavily. And so I, called i had to file a police report i was in a hit and run like this you know and had to go to the er because they thought i had shattered my elbow it ended up being just um a really bad bone bruise and they were like oh we can't give you stitches because you don't really have enough skin and i was like so um i had this like kind of gnarly scar on my elbow and this really weird story but every time like someone's like oh bike riding's so scary it's like well the only time I've been sent to an ER by a bike is when I got hit by a one-legged dude in a race kit, so. Oh, wow. There's some <laughs> things, like, life is stranger than fiction. There are just yeah. some things that can't be, that you just can't totally. make up. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I guess I also want to ask you if there are, like, what kind of um, blogs or news mm. or who you follow on social, like, what kind of what kind of cycling stuff do you pay attention to digitally? Totally. Um, so I like more lifestyle-y stuff. Um, I've got, like, a secret crush on every female bike messenger there is that exists. Uh, so I'm not on much social, but on Instagram I follow um, a few of the bike manufacturers that I like, like the small ones. Um, and like the Women's Bike Messenger Association and, um, some other ones like that. I really like Pretty Damn Fast. Uh, and then just some of my other like friends and acquaintances that ride a lot. Like, I think they're really cool to follow. I generally tend to follow women just cause I find that more interesting. But if a guy does cool stuff, that's great. And like I said, I've got my Pinterest. It's all pictures of women on bikes, not just looking sexy, uh, which is a big pet peeve of mine. I was bitching about it last night. 
uh, to the guy that I'm dating, and I was like, I'm gonna start taking pictures of you in all these positions, like these girls, and like see how sexy people find it then. And it's not that I care that the these pictures of sexy women it's just the proportion of pictures which are just women being sexy to like women doing cool things is so skewed and that's what bugs me so i try and follow ones that don't post that yeah you know um i think that the more images that we see of all types of real women riding bikes will help yeah. to encourage all types of real women riding bikes uh you know totally. there's definitely a, a stigma that you have to look a particular way Hmm. and that is a big barrier. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, one of my friends got, like, weird questions about if, how much she actually rides her bike because she wasn't, like, super skip, like stick thin, skinny. Right. Super stick skin. Damn. Super stick thin skinny. So people assume she didn't actually ride as much as she said she did. Right. It's like, no, she just looks different than you. Right. But Yeah, I mean, I totally feel that personally, yeah. for sure. Um. So, I want to know what. So, what um, what shops do you love? Do you want to give uh, any local shops a shout out? Uh, my bike nerds at Twenty Twenty. Um, they have a real focus on vintage bicycles, which I love. And like, you go in there, you're like, I just need this used part, or I need you to help me fix this thing. But I also, I want to know how to fix it in the future. And they just really take care of you. It's so great. They make me so happy. Um, and it's a real good vibe for women who are going in and a real good vibe for people who love bikes, but don't have a ton of scratch to throw at it. Um, and they also really appreciate style, which I love. So that's fun. Awesome. Um, so what else, what else did I not ask you that you want that came up? Um, what else do you want to tell me? Um, I want to tell you about how I started posting on Instagram recently and it's kind of my, I've been doing a theme of this. And it's like outfits that people actually ride in. So it's, I used to do wardrobe remix on Flickr a long time ago, which was a thing. And I kind of wanted to revive that, but specifically for bike clothes and what I wear to ride in. Because here, especially a lot of people are like, I don't know what to wear. I get wet. I have to change. And so I post like either my commute clothes and then my work clothes. So you can see like the change. And sometimes I'll even say like, it took me 20 minutes to like clean up from completely soggy wet to I'm now working at a black tie gala to um, also what I just ride in day to day and like how many miles like I rode 12 miles in jeans today and it was sunny out so that was cool um, or like I rode three miles and I'm in completely head to toe waterproof stuff because it's pouring out uh, so trying to just show that um, it's pretty easy to fit into your lifestyle even for someone who's known to being resistant to technical clothing such as myself awesome i'm definitely going to check that out you call it yeah. you called it wardrobe remix on Flickr, but do you have a, a oh yeah so that was like this around? whole group pool but that was just general outfits on my instagram i always just tag them like ride wear or um sometimes i do like i rode here like this things like that but it's just scattered throughout my instagram that's fun it's not a separate account that's so much fun um yeah, right on. I am. I'm so glad that you took the time to chat with me today. Yeah. This really... is great. I'm just excited that you're doing it. Yay. Me too. Cool. Me too. Awesome. Um, so thanks so much, Ella. Okay. 
Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Ella. And again, you can find the links we discussed at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride005. You know I'd love for you to subscribe, to leave the show a rating, to leave a review in iTunes, all of the above. Do it twice. Vote early. Vote often. Um, Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed Launch Week here at the Joyride. I've sure had a blast recording and producing it. We will be sharing a new Bike Lab conversation every Friday from here on out, um, at least at least until you tell me to stop. And I probably won't really listen. But anyway, uh, we'll be sharing a new Bike Lab conversation with a, a gal who rides from here on out. If you or someone you know would be a good fit to be a guest on the Joyride podcast, please go to bit.ly forward slash joyride guest. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash joyride guest, all lowercase. And uh, tell me about yourself. Tell me, uh, you know, just uh, make a little introduction. Tell me about yourself. Um, If you would share that link with a gal who you think would be a good fit, that'd be pretty sweet too. The more the merrier. Remember, friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.